Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Ringgit to Dollar. This week, we are planning to cover a stock that is very familiar with everybody. I think everyone knows Domino's, the pizza food chain outlet. And in the spirit of covering Domino's, Andrew, uh, are we yeah. also practicing the 30-minute delivery policy? Uh, oh, shit. <laughs> if we uh, in 30 minutes, everyone gets a free episode. Andrew sponsoring, huh? <laughs> uh, no, la, we cannot. La, we, you know us. La, we tend to talk a lot of rubbish. Yeah. Correct, correct. Bad for business. Bad for yeah. business. Yeah, bad for business. And that is also the case with Domino's, as we will find out. So, mm. a brief history on uh, Domino's. Domino's was actually a small pizza shop called Dominic's, and it was running just fine by itself, but the owner wasn't too happy. So then there were these two brothers, right? Jim and Tom Monaghan. They weren't pizza sellers, they weren't uh, business owners. They just happened to do some carpentry work at this place called Dominic's, right? And then what happened was one of the days when they were doing carpentry work at this outlet, they overheard the owner talking to someone else that he wanted to put the business up for sale. And with that, Jim and Tom decided that they would take out about a $900 loan from the bank. And by 1960, the business was officially theirs. So they started running Dominic's. It was a single outlet, running pizzas, very small shop, not many places to sit also. But they just wanted to, you know, give it a try. So Tom was the main guy actually, because soon after they had actually bought over the business, Jim would just sell his shares to Tom and then he was not interested to run the business anymore. So at that point of time, Tom became the single owner of what was then called Dominic's. But uh, the success of this business right, comes down to a few great decisions that was made by Tom early on in the business. So when he took over the, when he took over the business, right, the business was just an average pizza shop. You know, there were a lot of options. People can come in to sit and eat. And there was a small delivery service as well. But then um, it wasn't doing too well from a business point of view. So what he then did, which was the, the great initial decisions he made, right, was he decided to streamline the menu. So instead of having 10 items on a menu, he said, you know what, we're not going to do that. We are only going to serve pizza and we're only going to serve it in two sizes. Like now, I think if you go to any Domino's outlet, there's several sizes you can choose from, right? Mm-hmm. But back then he was saying that, you know what, we're doing, we're putting in too much cost towards um, making custom sizes. We should just focus on two sizes and run with it and at the same time he also was emphasizing on delivery because of the size of the shop right he know that not many people can fit in my shop mm-hmm. why am i focusing on the eat-in experience when i should be focusing on the delivery experience so that's where he started to actually push towards having delivery be their main source of income rather than dining in right mm-hmm. and again this was early on great decisions on his part and it actually push the business from making i think like 99 dollars a week to over 750 dollars a week which was, in itself was, was a really big jump back in the day lah, right mm-hmm. so he continued doing this and i think he got in with several partners and then um he opened out like one or two other outlets didn't do too well they would open and close open and close but it got to a point where they were stable enough you know business was good and they basically wanted to franchise and as they started the franchise they moved into different countries and boom we have Domino's that we know and love today. Uh, no, I beg to differ. 
No, no, I just don't like pizzas, man. <laughs> to everyone listening, I think uh, I'm gonna tell something very contradicting today. I freaking hate pizzas. Like, if you give me pizza, I would rather eat roti canai. Mm. Uh, yeah, Malaysians. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Go on. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's the whole debate of pineapple on pizzas. But apparently, Andrew's not even not even for any pizza, lah. <laughs> yeah, true. I'm not a big fan of it. So if you take a look at their business model, we can understand that you know franchising is a big part of their business model. And if you go back to our McDonald's topic that we covered a few episodes ago. You will also realize that they also do franchising, and they also have similar concepts whereby they have um, franchise stores and company-owned stores. And in the case of Domino's, about ninety-eight percent of their store of their stores are franchise, and only two percent are company-owned. And this mm-hmm. is um, much lower than that of McDonald's. Actually, I think McDonald's was about ninety-five percent stores yeah, were franchise, 5%. and five percent were company-owned. Yep. And the difference is, you know, not much, but all it is is that the 2% that the company owns right are like experimental outlets so they will try new things in those outlets and if it works out well then they will roll it out to the other 98% but in the McDonald's episode if you go back and listen we did mention that McDonald's was trying to bring the number down they actually were trying to target to get about 97% of stores to be franchised and only 3% to be company owned so in that sense Domino's is already ahead of them in that metric lah but of course they don't want to own too little uh, of these outlets lah so 2% 3% I think is a good range so that they can further develop their locations lah right mm-hmm, correct correct understanding different uh, demographics different people different countries right I think exactly one in a place might be a little bit too little like if you say one in Malaysia alone it might be too little because like people in maybe like KL and Selangor is very different from the people of outskirts right so mm. yeah very important to have a little bit more than you know zero <laughs> than one percent <laughs> yeah Go very on. true and I think if if let's say we're an outside from the outside point of view if we are on looking and we're looking into the company right we would think that they get most of their money from franchising right but it turns out that that's not the case so if we go into their annual reports right you will see that the business segments of domino is actually broken up into three main business segments they have domino's us domino's international and domino's supply chain and what we learned today is that domino's supply chain is actually the one that's the money maker about 59% of the company's revenue comes from their supply chain segment not their franchising uh, outlets so the domino's us and domino's international they focus on the franchising but mm-hmm. domino's supply chain is where the manufacturing happens so they have a central outlet that manufactures all of the doughs whether the, the whether you're having the new york crust or the thin crust and then they have a manufacturing outlet that manages the sauce and these um, supply chain outlets will then distribute into all of the franchises mm-hmm. and that is actually their largest uh, revenue generator compared to their franchises and going back to their franchise for a bit right as part of the agreement they actually want people to be in the franchise for a long term la. so generally they're looking at about a 10-year term for each franchisee and once the 10 years is up they are able to renew it for another extra 10 years and in 2020 2021 right the renewal rate that means the existing franchisees who want to continue for another 10 years was about 99 percent so you can say that franchise owners are very happy with the service that's being provided by the dominoes are right mm-hmm. that makes a lot of sense right yep 
So it shows that, you know, franchises are very happy, especially in the United States, because like, these numbers are mainly catered for the United States, as we will soon understand. Mm-hmm. So the standard franchise agreement, generally it gives a small area of responsibility and so that it doesn't clash with other areas. So that means like one domain on each area and not too close to each other so that everybody has a bit of a fight, right? Mm-hmm. And the initial setup, right? The first draft of the franchise agreement, Domino's will only keep 2.5% of sales as their royalties, 2% to cover advertising and 1% just for bookkeeping. And that was, even back then, the owner, Mr. Tom, right? He was mm-hmm. saying that was actually very generous already. But the main reason why they kept it at such a generous level was for expansion purposes, right? Mm-hmm. If if they put up such a high markup for their percentage in royalties and uh, these cover charges and stuff, right? It's going to be not so attractive for people to want to open up franchises, right? Mm-hmm. So yep. him putting it like that low, very generous, right? You're not getting much right 2.5 percent of sales is very very little we're talking about if let's say you make uh hundred thousand yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. hundred thousand right you're mm-hmm. only getting um basically two thousand two thousand five hundred yeah 2.5 2.5 k yeah mm-hmm. so yeah that's exactly why the uh franchising is not exactly the big money maker in this company but having developed the supply chain um behind it was actually part of the entire reason why the business was able to just pull forward anyways so mm-hmm. over here they're not making much money but then they know where to make money the bigger money also, is yeah. yeah i think also one way that they does it is also when you have a lot of stores people subconsciously would like oh i see dominoes here i see yeah. dominoes there um why not i give it a try one day i remember how red bull got big was uh, you know red bull is like a uh, drink company generally it's a drink company yes, right yes, yes. yeah but they are into sports and stuff like that but how red bull got its name was uh they were throw like red bull empty cans into rubbish bins right <laughs> yeah, and whenever yeah. people go throw rubbish bin they see red bull empty can and that's how they got people to start buying red bull not yeah. even like uh marketing it like blatant marketing they do like all these subconscious thing and yeah by by expanding i believe it it adds a little bit of a subconscious thing to your mind right because humans we run on auto mode most of the time exactly yeah and like reading through this business history and their annual reports and all that i have a great big respect for what tom did i think his aggressive movements within his space right actually laid a very good foundation for the business uh. like um what he pushed on to do right was i think much greater than what anybody else would have been able to do in that same market space uh. because when he was coming up there were already you know pizza hut was already there papa john's are around mm-hmm. how are you going to compete with them right so yeah. you're going to have to find a niche and you're going to have to find a market marketability right in mm-hmm. order to be able to come up and overtake the competitors and they may have managed to do that and now they are the number one in the world right mm-hmm. yeah so yeah, the 2.5% royalties thing is no longer around because inflation and uh, those were the days in the 80s and 90s when the first draft was released. But right about now, we're looking probably at about 5.5% royalty on sales. And then there's also now newly introduced technology-related fees because um, I think Domino's has their own app now as well, right? So people are ordering from the apps and basically the restaurants just have to send it out. So for for that purposes, um, Domino's charges additional fees to the franchisees, uh, right. which is all still great like, because it's keeping the company relevant and perhaps maybe they can 
you know later on even reduce manpower reduce uh store sizes also right mm-hmm. and it's uh great in that sense and for the future development also apparently part of the plan is also going for self-driving delivery which is i think uh pretty cool <laughs> yeah pretty cool but uh, you will have to scrap the 30 minutes delivery time lah. let's just put it that way mm, because uh Self-driving vehicles, they don't ride like, you know, um, if you're from Malaysia, you know how the delivery service is. If you look at Grab Food and Food Panda, right? They yeah, just yeah. screw all the red lights and we're going, right? Yeah, But yeah. if you're talking about self-driving vehicles and if you're talking about the European countries, maybe it'll take a little bit of slower time. Have you seen how Tesla struggled to park uh, in a parking lot? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a very, very new technology. Maybe in the future, yeah, it'll be mm-hmm. very efficient, right? Yeah, maybe I don't know. Maybe they can start looking into drones, perhaps. To ah, yeah, yeah. There, there's one company that I saw the other day where they would use drones to deliver the food. Where yeah. if like if you live in in a two km vicinity, they will deliver by drone. Mm. Yeah, pretty cool. Uh, let's hope when they airdrop your pizza, it doesn't land upside down, lah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. Pineapple is not gonna be in you know, a very pleasant viewing state, lah. Let's just put it that way. If you like yeah. pineapples on pizza. And plus also you have to be careful like if not then it becomes like PUBG like everybody just rushes for the airdrop <laughs> <laughs> and they put a player right, and everyone's running to for the one pizza that someone everyone, else paid for everyone's just camping around your house uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Sad> <laughs> they hear the drone coming everyone's just out there ready ready by the gate <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, yeah. Um, also what we can understand from Domino's right is that the business right what what Tom had realized early on that It's not actually a pizza business. Mm-hmm. What Domino's actually went out to do was they're not selling pizzas, but they were selling convenience. Right. So it doesn't matter how the pizza tastes as long as we can get it to you fast and quick. Yeah. So that's where the whole 30 minute guarantee came up from. And this is going to be a bit of a long story, but it's a very fun fact as well. Okay. So somewhere in the 70s, right, Domino's made the delivery guarantee of a half hour or a half dollar off. So that means they guaranteed that the pizza will get to you within half an hour. If not, then you'll get 50 cents off, basically. That's where it started. And that kind of generated a bit of popularity because people then were able to expect that, okay, if I order pizzas now, it's coming in half an hour, right? Mm-hmm. Comparatively, if back in the day, if you want to order Pizza Hut, right, you order it, you're not sure exactly whether it's going to take 40 minutes or an hour, yeah. maybe an hour and a half, right? You maybe never, never coming, you know? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And then sometimes it'll get to you cold as well, right? So yeah. who wants to eat cold pizza, right? So Domino's mm-hmm. brought up this whole um, half hour, half dollar off. And then by 1979, they had developed to 287 stores. So, you know, with that popularity, they were able to expand much further. They decided that, okay, it's time to up the game. We need to go into further expansion. We need to do better marketing. So you know what? Now it's a 30 minutes guarantee. It's going to be 30 minutes or it's free. That's how confident they were in their delivery service. That's how much effort and research that they put into where to place their store locations to ensure that 30 minutes can deliver anywhere, right? Yeah. And this was all great. And it was amazing, especially for on a marketing perspective, lah, because nobody else would dare to give out that kind of guarantee, but Domino's would. And it's not like, you know, they will charge the driver for not sending it on time. Domino's will actually take on the losses if it were to be given free. 
mm-hmm. there's no repercussions to the driver. I mean, later on, maybe lah, they might <laughs> ask him to drive faster or something. But then, yeah. generally, it's the policy was provided by the company and the policy was, you know, being held responsible by the company itself, not the driver. Mm-hmm. But with this uh, 30 minutes and it's free guarantee, right? In 10 years, they grew from having 200 stores to over 5,000 stores. And that is really, really huge like, in terms of growth. And this was mainly still in the US. Uh. So okay. having this whole uh, ability to get your order within 30 minutes, right? It's exactly what we were saying earlier. Uh. It's about selling convenience, not about selling pizzas. Because as you mentioned just now, Andrew, uh, they don't have necessarily the best pizzas. I've had Domino's, I've had Pizza Hut. Man, it's the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I yeah. I can't tell. I can't really see a big difference, lah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. But definitely, if you're talking about convenience, if this company is going to guarantee me that I can get in 30 minutes, and the other company has no time frame, I'm probably going to go with the one that goes for 30 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. And plus, I can take a gamble. If he's late, I get it for free, right? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. So this was all going well until they started getting a lot of accidents. Ah shit! So, this, this is very common in Malaysia as well. Yeah, so these delivery drivers would, you know, try to make it in time within 30 minutes, and yeah. of course, the company says that they never break laws, they don't beat red lights and stuff like that. But nevertheless, accidents do happen, and yeah. in fact, I think they by the in the 80s, right, they had caused more than a dozen accidents and over 20 fatalities. 20 people died from. <laughs> Accidents involving yeah. Domino riders, right? I'm very sad. And it's sad is one thing, but then you have to also understand where the accident took place, because if that accident took place in Malaysia, mm, no problem, lah. <laughs> yeah, no problem. It's just the riders fault, which is a problem, lah. I mean, like, I mean, generally it's a problem, right? Because all right, yeah, it's not right, lah. You know, then yeah. you will see all the time like food panda riders. I'm not throwing shit on food panda grab riders, right? But you know, they they. They try to make it because that's their job, you know. And it's it's they're putting their life on the line to just deliver it within the time, right? At the end of the day, sometimes even when I order grab food or whatever, which is very rare, I would tell them to you know to just take a time. It's okay. I get it later a little bit. It's okay as long as you know you you ride safe, right? But not everyone's yeah. like that. You know? True. I mean, like especially with the other um, food hailing services, that depends directly on the customer, right? There's no promise mm-hmm. of time. Yeah. It's just a matter of whether the customer is okay with it, or sometimes customers don't like late service. They'll scold yeah. you, but yeah, that's the, the problem. Is they can also rate you low, and then you know you True. might not be able to ride for for the bike uh, for the for the company anymore, stuff like that. So you know, sometimes True. they jeopardize their own career as well. Mm. Yeah. yeah, but in the case of Domino's, it was pretty much a 30 minute guarantee, so they had to try their best to make it in time. Mm-hmm. And these things happen, lah. So in total, more than twenty fatalities in the eighties. And in nineteen ninety three, a woman actually won in court. Um, she was hit by one of these Domino drivers and suffered, I think, a head and spinal injuries. Sure. She didn't die, but you know, she had uh, major injuries, ah. Mm-hmm. And in nineteen ninety three, the court awarded her seventy eight million dollars against the company. Mm-hmm. So. That's a lot of money, lah. I would say, yeah, that and is a lot of money. that proved to be the tipping point. And then after that, basically, Domino's cancelled the policy, lah. There was no more thirty minutes, or it's free. But again, now if you go around to other countries, right, you'll kind of see the similar kind of arrangement. Promotion, yeah, yeah. But that's also again because you know 
you need to understand where you're at. La. If you're in the US, there's a more efficient legal system and there are rules in place to protect uh, <laughs> citizens, then yeah. you're going to get hurt big time. La. But then if you come to other countries, the legal aspect is not as efficient and it's not really too much of a risk la, to try these kind of things. So yeah, I, think I think over here we still have something like that whereby yeah. 30 minutes or you get like a discount coupon or something like that. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. You get like a discount coupon, like $10, cu- 10 ringgit coupon or whatever, right? Mm. Yeah, so it's not as uh, extreme as last time where, you know, they will give out a free but you get a coupon. I mean, if you get a coupon also, it's not that bad. La. You know, at the end of the day, I still have to go back to your store to buy the stupid pizza again, which I don't like eating. <laughs> so I'm still paying yeah. you money la, ultimately. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not that bad anymore. La. You know, for the rider also, they don't, maybe they don't get so much stick from the employer anymore also because mm. like it's a different policy, right? Exactly. So now if we go ahead and take a look at the financials of Domino's, right? We can see that um, revenue grows at about 12% per year. And in terms of margins, they're making almost almost 40% of gross profit margin. And mm-hmm. their net margins are about sitting comfortably at 10, 11%. La, which is decent, I would say, especially because, you know, they're more of a F&B industry in the franchising end. Or as, you know, we know from franchising, real estate business, right? More or less. Yeah. yeah. But... An interesting aspect that occurred to me and us, actually both of us when we were looking through their finances, right, is that comparatively to other companies, Domino's actually has a negative equity. I mean, total shareholder equity has been negative for many years, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it stuck out like a sore thumb because, you know, it's not often we see this. And for those of you listening who are not sure what it is, total shareholder equity is what you get when you take your assets minus your liabilities. So if you have more assets than liabilities, you will have a positive uh, total shareholder equity. If you have more liabilities than assets, then you will have a negative equity. So initially when I looked at it, I was like, really, uh, their business has more liabilities than assets? If they're in the franchising business, they should have a lot of assets, right? In the sense where um, they have many outlets, open many different locations. Sure, they open some, close some, but definitely they're opening more than they're closing what? So right. if I were to go back to the McDonald's outlook, McDonald's assets are very high. Why is it not the same with Domino's, right? Mm-hmm. And upon further inspection, actually, what happens here is they actually took on a lot of debt back in 2007 and eight. So during the global financial crisis, right, um, Domino's kind of took advantage of the low rates to lock in a big amount of debt for recapitalization purposes so the money that they took in in 2007 they also took in some more in 2012 but basically right now they're sitting on a lot of long-term liabilities and they're just paying off year by year year by year slowly but Mm -hmm. they do this with full confidence of knowing that you know debt rates i mean interest rates are so low so this money that i'm taking is almost free so I'm just going to take the money now, lock in the whatever rates I can lock in and use the money for further expansion. And overall, over time, that has been working out well for them. La. Even though they're sitting at a negative equity level, it mm. doesn't make them a bad company, right? Yeah. So yeah. something even I learned from this experience was actually, although a company's equity level might be negative, it's not always a bad case. 
most of the time I believe it's bad case lah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Depends what they're doing with the money lah. Like because like, when we see McDonald's and even like Starbucks and all right, their shareholder equity is actually negative also, right? Like by almost the same amount as um, what is this? Domino's, right? By mm-hmm. almost the same amount as Domino's. But the problem starts when Domino's is actually like four times higher liability than total assets. You know, total liabilities and total assets. Whereas yeah. McDonald's is like almost the same only. It's like 53 million in total assets. 53 billion in total assets and 58 million in total liabilities. So it's very different. Although the difference is like 4 billion, negative 4 billion, right? But mm-hmm. we, when you look at it at the percentage spectrum, right? Uh, what do you call this? Domino's is like four times higher and McDonald's is just like probably like 1.1 or 1.2 times higher only. Yeah, correct. Yeah, so it's very different. So you, we got to be aware also how much uh, or how slow or how fast is the debt is growing, right? Because from mm. what I see, the, the total liabilities has been growing over, over time. La. Yeah, yeah. And this is also mainly because, you know, they take on loans for the assets that they hold. So mm-hmm. that's also part of it, but also because, like I was saying, back in 2007, 2012, they took on big amounts of uh, debt to um, recapitalize the company, lah, basically, to yeah, further invest in whatever you know their apps and stuff like that. Yeah, and 2019 to 2020, there was not like much of a increase in debt, but in 2021, there's a lot of increase in debt. I believe that they took one more time. This is my I don't know this is what I'm assuming right they took one mm-hmm. more time of a big loan because uh, they know that interest rate is going to go up uh, mm-hmm. anytime now and it has been going up right uh, yep, this yep. is the whole shit show of the uh, stock market because people are afraid of interest rate and right now they have their total liability has gone up significantly again in 2021 so I believe that they took one and locked in the nice interest rate for them to you know play around with the money a little yep. bit but I still feel like you know it's going to be dangerous for them lah, because they're sitting on a lot of debt and we look at their cash so their cash is not much mm-hmm. they don't the have company, much like, cash makes, and, like, sorry go on and I mean with rising interest rates right eventually mm-hmm. it will affect their loans as well mm. so are they going to be able to recuperate and pay off their debts on time I think they should be able to but honestly I would be worried lah, because I do not like to see like So from a value perspective, you know, we like to see a lot of cash. We like to see a lot of free cash flow. And if possible, we don't like to see too much debt, right? And yeah. so when I see a company like this, I also get a bit scared lah, because I don't know what the end, the outcome will be due to rising interest rates, how it's going to affect uh, Domino's ability to repay their debts, right? Are yeah. they going to have to sell off their assets to pay their debts? What's going to happen? I'm also not sure. But nevertheless, I still say that, you know, having... A negative equity is not necessarily a bad case. In right, Domino's right. case, I believe they were using it well. Uh, but with current situation, I'm having a bit of a doubt in terms of how they're going to navigate through all of this, right? Mm, Compared yeah. if like we were doing like last week's episode, we covered uh, Garmin, right? They're mm-hmm. sitting on a load of cash. So even if their interest rate rises, affects their loans, right? They can just clear it off if they feel like it's better to clear it off now than later. Mm-hmm. But in the case of Domino's, that's not going to be the case, you know? They don't have mm-hmm. enough cash on hand to be able yeah. to um, and, uh, finance also that. Also, per year only, right? Let's just say we look at their earnings a year, right? The net mm-hmm. profit is like, what, 500 million, right? Yeah. And they have like, what, 5 billion, uh, almost 6 billion in debt and liability, right? So mm-hmm. even they have like, their shareholder equity is like negative 4 billion. So like, it will take them 10 years if they just maintain the earnings power uh, to pay off completely. 
is yeah. what in my head maybe the numbers are wrong but <laughs> I don't think so <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so but yeah so um, that that's the thing lah. but I think Nico you want to touch a little bit on why the share price I mean when you look at the total asset total liability it's a shit show right but the share price is still going up like a fucking rocket or something like that yep 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 so it's been so Domino's actually right in recent years like if you go back to 2000 maybe 2010 or 2011 right and you compare until now Mm-hmm. Domino's has actually outperformed the likes of Apple, Amazon, um, almost every other company except for maybe Netflix. So Netflix climbed above Domino's, lah, I believe. Mm-hmm. But you look at it, and then you look at their finances, and then you have to try and make some sense, lah. Like, how did that happen? You know, why why are people investing in this company? Mm-hmm. And as it turns out, what Domino's is actually doing is they have actually been buying back shares a lot. And mm-hmm. what that does is when a company chooses to buy back its shares it mm-hmm. reduces the number of outstanding shares with less shares out there and more demand the price just goes up and mm-hmm. so if you are a long-term dominoes uh, shareholder you'll be a very happy man because this company is treating its shareholders well right mm-hmm. whenever they buy back the shares it pushes up the price all shareholders are getting richer day by day right Yep. If you bought your shares in the year 2000, you're a very happy man. If you bought your shares in 2010, also a very happy man. If you bought it in 2013, also a very happy man because they yeah. keep buying back shares. And they also give out dividends. So it's a very shareholder-friendly sh- uh, stock for that purpose. They are always trying to you know keep their shareholders happy by doing this. But again, I have to stress, you have to look at their finances have to understand whether it makes sense or not. Why are they buying back their shares when it's overpriced? Mm. If their share is having a P of 30 or 45 and they're buying back their shares, does it make sense? Are they spending their money efficiently? Don't, yeah, you, think, don't you think that they should be buying when their stock is cheap? Right? Yeah. It would make sense that would be a better investment on their side. Or yeah. are they just buying back shares just to keep you um, happy? Enticed, yeah, yeah. Happy, happy sure. union, yeah. That, that's the that's the only thing. I mean, there's only two things that uh, every investor like: share buyback and dividend. Mm. At, at the end of the day, that's what makes you money, right? Yep. They're giving you money directly. A uh, little bit fun of fun context. Uh, one of the greatest investors of all time, Warren Buffett, right? He wanted mm. to buy back shares of uh, Berkshire Hathaway, right? Yep. And recently, he wanted to buy back. I think it was like a year or two ago. He wanted to buy back, and then he decided not to buy back because the share price. Up and he was like, "Ah shit, it, it went up already, so I'm not gonna buy back. You know, it's yeah. not within my buyback range anymore. It's not going to be spent efficiently if I buy it back now. So, it's up to you whether you think like, oh, these people are buying back at a at a fair rate. Do you think it's fair? Uh, do you think it's overpriced? Right, that's up to you to decipher. I can't say it because or else you bring me to court. <laughs> so yeah, that that's uh, up to you to decipher lah. But if I were to think, I would say that um, it, the stock price has been a little bit higher. That's because uh, everything was high back then. Uh, we were at a euphoria in 2021 December, right? Mm-hmm. But ever, since then, everything has been retraced. So perhaps if they were to buy back now and not in December, it makes a little bit more sense. But if they were buying back in December, then it shows a really clear sign that you know they they might just want to you know just spend their money or just to keep you happy, lah. Yeah, that, yeah. That's, that's just my honest opinion I'm not going to filter my my words yeah, yeah no I mean because like I said you know it's it's a uh, it has a great history and I have great respect for the initial founder Tom right what he mm-hmm. did with the company very aggressive uh, marketing and pushing the business forward but 
as per today if i were to look at their um finances and where they stand it's a bit risky in the current climate right if yeah. interest rate had just stayed the same then probably no lah i would say debt is still cheap for them mm. they are looking to expand further perhaps they have things in line with that and yeah. perhaps they'll be moving towards a uh, bigger and better acquisitions or whatever they're doing with that debt that yeah. they're taking on right but then to see them sit on very little cash very high liabilities mm-hmm. in this climate it's a bit scary lah for my point of view lah right yeah. Ever since then, also the stock price has dropped fifty percent. I almost fifty percent since the December high. This is the primary reason is because they have a lot of debt, lah. And you know, yeah, why December and why the stock started tumbling down is also because came January, Jerome Powell, the Federal Chair Reserve, right? He was starting to talk about an increase in re- interest rate, and people were expecting zero point five, zero point two five, whatever, right? And mm. the problem now it's that. He might want to increase the interest rates faster than before because inflation is out of control. So, in increasing interest rate is the best way to counter inflation, right? So, mm-hmm. if he continues to increase interest rate, I believe Domino's and all the other tech stocks will take a tumble, also, including my beloved Tesla and Palantir, which is already muddled. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Again, it's it's. It's part of the entire process, ah. Uh. Correct. There's correct. a re- recovery cycle coming along, but that's it'll take time to get there, lah. Right. You just have to be resilient, lah. You know, if you believe yeah. in the stock and you believe in the business outlook, then it shouldn't be a problem, right? I mean, this kind of shit happens. It's like oil, lah. You know, it's some sometimes it's up, sometimes it's down. Life also the same. Sometimes it's up, sometimes it's down. Yep. 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 And overall, I believe that has been uh. Our our conclusion on the Domino's Pizza stock, mm-hmm. and again I have to say that it's been a good business for sure, and they've had great plans and they have great management capabilities as well. But uh, again, if you're interested in the stock, definitely go back and take a look at their balance sheet, mm-hmm. and try to figure out what's going to happen with the debts that they hold. How are they planning to um you know recuperate and refinance in that sense? And how their business will be affected with rising rates coming shortly. Like we're not talking about five years from now. We're talking about in the next two to three years. You know, there has been yeah. structure plan right in terms of uh, rate hikes. Yeah. So yeah. how is that going to affect their business? That's something definitely to look at, especially if you're paying three hundred fifty dollars per share. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I yeah. would think you would need to do a lot of homework before you actually put that money where your mouth is. Correct. Yeah, that's not a small amount, especially if you're from a you know developing third world country or in any other parts of the Asian country except Singapore, right? Mm-hmm. That's a lot of money for you, right? Make sure you do your due diligence and remember to think before you invest, guys. Ciao. If you're still here at the end of the podcast, do follow this podcast and subscribe to our YouTube channel. To catch all the latest episodes from us, you can follow our Instagram page at Ringgit to Dollar underscore. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. I will see you in the next episode. But remember to always do your due diligence before investing. Till next time.